Hi, thanks for watching. This is some highlights from our online sessions that I call the Inner Sanctum online sessions. And I edit out about 40 minutes from our teachers free for you to watch because people that join our online sessions, it is a paid service. It is part of the way I make a living and help other teachers promote their work. So if you'd like to join the online Inner Sanctum group sessions, we have a guest teacher once a month and I teach once or twice a month deliberate creation and energy exercises and how to tap into your intuition and how to be more psychic and all that good stuff, please sign up on the website uh, Karnswain slash Inner Sanctum. So I hope you join us if you're somebody that wants to make a difference in this world and feel like you've got something to share and you'd like a little support team and meet other teachers and meet some of the guests I have on the show, hear wonderful stories and wonderful teachings. So enjoy the highlights. Hello and welcome to the Inner Sanctum with guest teacher Blair Styrer. It's so fabulous to have you as our teacher, Blair. Oh, yeah, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So, And hello, everybody. Yes. <laughs> all, all over the world. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I know we've got people from all over the world. We've got Germany, Norway, predominantly the States, Australia, New Zealand. So you're the only one in New Zealand at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fabulous group of people. The cat's ch chiming in. So Blair, do you want to give us um, a little, just a sort of snippet of your story, how you met Tabash, and um, then we'll just let the conversation unfold as it does and people can ask questions because you're both brilliant teachers and take it away, Blair. <laughs> well, I'm a channel for spirit called Tabash. Um, I've been channeling spirit for over 30 years um, in New Zealand, but uh, all over the world now. I've written a couple of books, Don't Change the Channel and Who Cathartid? Those are my two books. I've done a lot of seminars on all sorts of different things all over the place. I started channeling spirit in my mid-twenties. And as I've written in, in my first book about a little bit of background when I was a child, I always knew that there was something more. I always had this feeling that there was so much more to life than what we were experiencing. And I was born in Canada and spent the first 11 years of my life before we uh, came to New Zealand. And where we lived, there was this big forest, which I used to wander around. And I would find these extraordinary places, which now I know I was probably just stepping into little portals of energy. And because every time I went back to that place to find it again, I could never find it. It, it just sort of disappeared. It was like it was there for that particular moment. And I felt really protected by the energy of nature and felt like I was communicating with something greater within, within myself. Um, also, there was at the end of a, a big long road that led up into the mountains, this, this cemetery, and I was completely and absolutely fascinated by death. And so we're talking about 1960s here. So whenever there was a funeral cortege, I would hide behind a hedge and, and watch as the funeral cortege would go by. And in my six-year-old mind, in the hope that I would see a body, and, 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 and of course, you know, it was just something within my energy that I knew that death was something that was life. And, and, and anyway, and after the funeral would go away and 
I'd go and stand by the grave and I would just stand there and stare and stare and stare like I was trying to remember something. And there was this little place on the, in, the, in the cemetery, it was a hill, and had these three pine trees on it. And I would sit there and I would cry because I was remembering something that I, that I had missed, that, that was no longer a part of my life. And of course, now I realize that I was remembering spirit. I was remembering higher consciousness. And so while I was there, I, I could see it in my mind's eye. It was this, this vastness of light. And it's really interesting because even now, today, if I find a place that looks even slightly like that, it automatically takes me back. We came to New Zealand in, in 1971, and I simply just got on with growing up and you know, doing all the puberty things and that sort of stuff. And then uh, in my, when I was 18 years old, I met the woman who became my wife. Um, so a bit of an interesting background there because she was actually older than me. She was 24 years older than me. So we had an affair when I was 18 and she was 42. So we were sort of the scandal of the neighborhood. And uh, anyway, in the end, we actually end up setting up home, home together. And, and so, so right from the beginning, it's like I was completely thrown into this adult world, and which is also part of my, my development uh, in this lifetime, obviously, to do so. Um, in my 20s, okay, my wife, she's diagnosed with breast cancer. And at the time, it wasn't a very good prognosis. So we just started um, looking at life after death stuff, reading, meditation, that sort of thing. And we became so focused on that, that we really sort of almost forgot she was sick. And, and, and she survived that, um, even though it was, as the doctor said, the worst it could possibly have been, she survived that. And it just completely changed uh, my direction. So that was a catalyst for my spiritual growth. And so I just carried on with my meditations and reading and Things started unfolding as people came into my life who opened up doors for me. The synchronicity presented itself to me. And then uh, I met up with a woman who was a channel and I went to one of her seminars and she, the spirit who she spoke through was Isis actually. So Isis was in, a, in, a, in the body and we we're all sitting in the audience staring and watching and listening. And I was fascinated by this. And then Isis suddenly stopped and stared into the audience and then pointed and, and said, you are a channel. And I thought she was talking about the dude behind me. So I'm like, oh, well, that's cool, you know, da, 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 da. And then she goes, no, you, you, like this, you see. And I realized she was looking at me and I was completely mortified. So I just, my head was down and I was so embarrassed. Everyone was staring at me. Anyway, I ended up doing her workshops and that's how I came to be connected with Tabash because she told me she had, that I had this channel or the spirit called Tabash who wanted to work with me. And right from the very beginning, it just seemed the most natural thing to do. And, and over the years, people have said to me, oh, you know, weren't you frightened about, you know, this happening and questioning it? And I said, well, no, because when I thought about it, it felt like I knew what was happening. Mm. And I knew that I'd made this agreement. And, and so gradually, I started to make alignment with Tabash just in my thoughts. And then gradually, as my physiology and mental energies became a lot more aligned and attuned to him, then I started to experience him more. So then I could see him in my mind's eye. And then in my meditations, I found I was able to go out of my body and connect with him in, in a literal sense. 
And, and then one conversation we had, you know, he started talking about all the work that we could be doing together. And again, it just felt the most natural thing for me to do. So I made the agreement with him and then things unfolded. And uh, as it unfolded, I just kept working, working probably for about a year, quite solidly in my meditations and stuff. Uh, until invariably Spirit said, look, we want to do a public meeting. We're going to go public with this. So I hired a hall and I had no idea how many people were going to come, whether it was going to be five people or whatever. And in the end, a hundred people came. And, and so Tabash came through, did a really amazing teaching. And then that was really, it was like the cork was pulled. And, and from there on, we just started doing a lot of public work. And then gradually I started doing personal sessions. And so, you know, 30 whatever years later, you know, we're, we're still doing what we're doing. Um, Here we are, yeah. 30 years later. You know, yeah. a lot of the questions that I get in the Inner Sanctum is, how do I meet my spirit guides? And the question that is arising as I listen to your story, Blair, is how do we work with our spirit guides to, yeah. um, to you know, change this world or at least change ourselves <laughs> and then, um, to sort of have it more... Um, yeah, like a real thing, not just... Yes, yeah. Look, I, I think when you, when you say that, I, I think of the word awareness. And, you know, from my understanding, you know, we're gods and bodies. So therefore, we right now possess all the alignments or the connections with source in every way possible. So the moment we wake up, we basically align ourselves, you know, with that vibration, with that energy. I think if we treat it in a very practical way, it becomes a lot easier. And, and I've realized that over all the years that, that I've been doing this, um, you know, Tabash says, listen to the way life talks to you every day. And, and, and it gives you signals and signs in all sorts of different ways, you know, in, in like a song on a radio or something you read or an overhearing of a conversation or, okay, as an example, I'll, I'll give you this. So, my wife is now lives in a care home because she has Alzheimer's. And, and, and so I was driving up there one day to visit her. It's been a long journey. I mean, in total, it's been about 12 years and she's been in care for just over three years. So as I drive up see her every day and I was just feeling a bit flat about it, I was thinking, Oh, this is going on for too long. So I started to feel a bit flat. Anyway, I just casually glanced up as I was driving. I could see this building with a billboard on it. And on the billboard was a sign that said, lighten up. And, and, and I just burst out laughing because I knew straight away, okay, got it. Yep. <laughs> Spirit's telling me, you know, this is the story. Anyway, so when I was coming home, I looked up and the sign wasn't there. Now, this is interesting. It might have still been there, but I didn't need to see it anymore because I'd already got the message. And, and so this is something I've realized is that we don't have to store up the information or store up the guides. It's there when we need it. It gets presented to us when it's necessary. And when it's not anymore, then it's not that it's not there, but we don't have the alignment more with it. And so in regards to aligning to our, our spiritual energies, our guides, friends, whatever, it's just always there. And it really is a simple matter of developing I suppose, a day-to-day -day relationship with what you believe is essential for you on that day. And so what I do, you know, when I wake up in the morning, well, there's two things. First of all, 
I always put the thought out to my higher self. So I just say, you know, good morning, higher self. And then I say to higher self, well, higher self, uh, how can I be God more today? And it will always give me an answer. Like, like this morning, it just said, be, be aware. So, so as I've gone through the day, I've just in my thoughts saying, you know, I'm God being aware that I'm God more, that sort of stuff. Other times it might take of something completely different. And then what I usually do is I just throw the, the greeting out to, to source. And I usually say something like, you know, g'day guys, how you doing? You know, you know, doors open, do your thing. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, I don't have to do it in a big meditation or, or sit at the bed and do a prayer or something like that. I, I treat it like it's an everyday way. And, and I can just feel them with me through the day. And, and you know, and I'll, it's not having someone with you. And sometimes I'll throw out, oh, I'm just going to do this. What do you think? You know, or, or I'll literally get a, a sense of uh, go and do this or sit down there or, or don't do that or whatever. And, and it's like someone's telling you something, but it's not like a voice. It's just like this knowingness that comes through. Absolutely. And, that's such a great point that yeah. everything is your guidance that's talking to you. Everything. Yeah. And I think that where a lot of people get lost is they see people like you who, you know, have this relationship with Tabash. And they see people like me who has this relationship with what I call my mob or a prettier name as blissful beings. And, you know, we have this this, well, I do anyway, this constant communication in my head. But when I was younger, I would look for signs everywhere. And, and it still happens today. I don't have to have that constant rapport happening in my head. It can be, I was drinking a cup of dandelion sort of tea or coffee and I looked at the, the residue in the cup and it looked like angel wings and there was like a message in the bottom of the cup and just it can be everywhere. Like if you think that everything is talking to you, everything is energy and spirit is in everything or consciousness is in everything, your car, your computer, a magazine, your cup of tea, everything, road signs can talk to you. So, yeah, it's, that's a great yeah. And the thing that's interesting is that, as you become more aligned and more peaceful, accepting of you know, who you are and are really peaceful with that, it actually becomes really easy to uh, recognize you know, what's, what's being presented to you. And, and you'll never be presented with any more than, than you can actually cope with. So we're never sort of hoisted with, with a whole lot of stuff. And I always find it interesting when, you know, when people consult with Tabash or ask him a question, one of the, you know, questions people say to him is, is, you know, well, you know, what is the purpose of my existence? What is the meaning of my life? You know, or, or what's the rest of my life going to be like? And Tabas always looks at them and go, well, it's, it's, it's more, it's enough to know what the rest of the day is going to be, let alone the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, why do you want to put that sort of pressure on yourself? And then this is what we do. We put so much pressure on ourselves by, oh, I need to know what the rest of my life is going to be or, or whatever. And, and so, and, and that's one thing I've realized is, you know, how important it's to be very, very present. Because in the presence, it's easy to recognize, oh, this is what I'm dealing with. This is where I'm standing. I mean, we're all listening to each other today and talking, and, and we're not thinking about, you know, what we're having for dinner or having another conversation on, on, a, on a phone or something. So, so we have to know when to be focused. And I think in regards to our relationship with source, with guides, um, we, we get a sense of what seems essential to focus on. And, 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 but, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we'll get it through spirituality. You know, we will get it through the, the, the road signs and the people we have conversations. We get it through life.
basically. We get guidance through life. And, and, and when we realize that as gods, we're just all of life, then of course we get guidance from ourselves all of the time. You know, through our belief systems, through our inner instincts, you know, our, our soul self is telling us something all the time. And um, here's something that's interesting. And this is something Tabas was teaching recently at a meeting. And someone said, how many past lives are we all apt to have um, in, in, on earth? And, and his reply was fascinating. He said, well, you only ever had one lifetime, but you just do it in lots of bodies. And, and, and he says, if you can imagine that right now you're at the front of the line of a very long line of people that you, you lived. And when you look behind you, you can see trailing off into history. Now, he said something fascinating. He said, what's happening now is that, and this is for so many people, is that when you look behind you, you don't actually see anything anymore. And the reason is, is because everything now is inside of you. So all of that is now within you. And therefore, what's occurring, and this is very um, representative of the energy of 2020, he says what people are now doing is that they're basically just channeling those selves that they've been. So they call upon some aspect of themselves, some intelligence, some uh, a capability, whatever. So every day, we're just channeling different parts of ourselves all the time. So when you look at our physiology and our personalities, that's just, well, the physical is what we are now, but the, the, the internal energy is made up of all of that information. So it makes sense that we can actually start accessing that. I'm just going to go to the part of me that was highly successful in, in, in business, or I'll go to the part of me that knew how to get my relationships really right, and I'll go to the part of me that's really confident, or the part of me that knows how to make money, and the part of me that's always healthy. And this is what people are learning to do. You're able to bring through um, this information, but it's not just the information, it's the vibration of that vibra of that situation that actually is really how it works because all of that is still happening so all our successes and powers and all that it's still actually happening so the vibration of that is something that we have access to all of the time so as we're bringing through this information what this does it automatically aligns us with specific uh, other frequencies which is what we call our guides so basically what they're doing is that as we bring forth this particular frequency they are part of the formula that allows the um, energy to basically present us with the best deal and and so it helps to guide and mentor and direct so it's really like molding frequencies and as you mold the frequencies and invariably you end up getting the result that you want but to get the result of course you have to pay attention to who you are as a source of power and and not externalize anything not not you know even you know Tabash said, I, I think we may have mentioned this and when we talked to you last time, Karen, which was um, never ask God for an answer. Never ask your guides for an answer because they can't give you one. What they do is if you ask them for energy, if you give, ask for power, if you ask for insight, then they have plenty of that. But, but as, as you know, it's taught, we are the answer, so we create the answer. So guidance is guidance. Mentoring is mentoring. You know, and, and we have to realize now that we are the ones with all the power. We're the ones with all the answers. We're the ones who are going to make it all happen. So, so life is not something that's happening to us. Life is something that we are making happen through the way we think, through the way we feel, through the way we drive, you know, in every respect, how we present ourselves, basically. 
and and so of course now you know when we look at the energy of 2020 um it, it's a year of of massive balance and massive power so so for those of us who've been on our self-development road for such a long time um we are in that position to be able to channel through um whatever we choose and and to make what we want happen and it's actually quite practical and 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 uh I think it's a very common sense thing. You know, I don't think you necessarily have to go into deep and meaningful meditations and stuff like that all the time. I think you, you literally make life a constant meditation because you're simply aligned to source all the time. Does that make sense to you? <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I'm going to throw, I'm going to unmute everybody and, and just throw it um, open to like questions. Uh, that's the thing about guidance. I think that a lot of people think that there is this spirit guide or higher self that's telling you what to do and you've got to receive those answers. And that's so not what guidance is. Like guides never tell you what to do because exactly what you say, Blair, they, you are the creator of your experience. You are the choice maker. You are the decision maker. So they can only guide you in making a decision, but they won't say, yeah, pick that one. They'll just guide you. So it's, it kind of is frustrating when you sort of reach out and you don't receive answers, but they won't give you answers like, tell me what to do, which way should I go? It's like, what do you want to do? Which way do you think you should go? What feels better? <laughs> it's like they're not going to tell you what to do. And it's because they're like all great teachers, they're empowering you. They're not taking your power away from you, yourself. But um, has anyone got any questions? And... and you know, I think of something Tomas teaches, which is we all get to a point, and this is not just people, but even countries, where you outgrow what was. So when you outgrow something, you no longer play that role anymore. And, and okay, you can, you can redevelop, therefore you can learn how to grow into the new power in different ways. And therefore you have a resurgence of that particular place. But then you get some places where that's finished, that's complete. And, and, and you can no longer be aligned to that idea, that vibration, that frequency, that country, whatever, or that country, whatever, doesn't have such influence anymore over, over anything. And I think this has actually happened right through uh, human history. And you can sort of feel like the energy is moving round and round and round, and then occasionally it will stop. You know, you know, in the past, it was like the ancient Mesopotamian Empire. It, it was ancient Egypt, you know, and, and, and even in modern times, you can see, you know, for a while, it was, it was America, and then it was Russia, and then it was Japan, and, and it was Germany, it was whatever, you know. It's like the energy is deciding, oh, where are we going to go next? And, and so, so, of course, as things are being outlaid now, you can literally feel uh, Where's the awareness energy going to land? The, the concept that comes to my mind was every dog has its day. <laughs> and, and, and so there's an awakening, but there's also a shutting down as well. And I think that's also indicative of ourselves as individuals too. So, so you know, when I was speaking before about all these different selves, I think it's imperative that we shut down certain aspects of ourselves and realize, well, that's no longer relevant to who I am now or what I think now. And, and that's even aspects that were powerful or successful. And, and because we have to make way for new power and new success and new happiness. So you have to be able to push away the old happiness. And, and a lot of people say, oh, I wish I could be happy like I used to be. Yeah. 
and 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 but you know you can't you have to be happy in a new way and i think that's the same with with, with the way countries are developing and, and you know it's interesting about different countries in the world i think there's so much spirituality that is going through every country now that it's impossible to push that sort of energy aside and 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 the energy is just building and building and building which from my observations it means that each country is now moving into let's call it its authentic place you know and each country has a specific key of authenticity to 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 experience and to achieve and i think you know if you look at countries that have experienced a lot of conflict for instance you know there's obviously you know major karma that has had to be worked through within those countries within the people of those countries as such but as the new generations are being born then of course you're no longer influenced by the energy of conflict in the same way the the, the old frequencies in the same way the old draconian methodology you know so new generations who are being born come with the lights turned on so therefore as the lights get turned on then it just pushes the darkness out more and more and 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 you see this it's it's like the the dying out of the old ways basically absolutely yeah well this is it isn't it it's it's like um you know when you are able to step back and as i'll put it in the way i use the word and be god observing the experience then you're able to as god direct the human nature it's rather like saying, hey, human nature, it's me, God speaking. Oh, could you do this now, please? Could you do that now, please? You know, and having those sorts of conversations. And, and it's a bit like stepping way out back and going, oh, wow, look what Norway's doing. You know, and, and, and it makes you realize that, you know, we can have a very powerful influence on, on, on everything by our thinking, by our feelings, by our attitudes. And we actually have to just treat that as a fact. You know, because so many people still think, oh, well, well, you know, I have no say in this. What's the point of having an opinion and all that sort of stuff? But of course, you know, everything, as we all know, you know, that we think and feel and do matters to everything that happens. And, and I think people are getting that more and more all of the time. And, and, and it's going to be fascinating over the next 10 years, because, you know, when I look at things politically, sociologically, etc., this new wave of leaders are coming in. You know, and, and, and they have uh, a much more openness to feeling the bigger picture, seeing the bigger picture, experiencing the bigger picture. And, and by doing that, it's changing collective consciousness. And something and I find in my observations of what's going on, on the planet is, you know, we, we're so focused for such a long time on um, the global family and, and all countries sort of pulling in and doing everything that they could, et cetera. But what I'm noting is that there's becoming this level of separateness that's occurring again. As, as countries start looking after themselves, and so when you look at, <coughs> excuse me, with Britain pulling away from the ECU, and, and even you know, Australia, you know, making new rules and things, a lot of different immigration rules you know, within the countries. You know, America, you know, under Donald Trump, has done an awful lot of pulling away from some of the funding. You know, and therefore, I mean, it's been fascinating watching the American economy go up, but in that separateness, it's making, you know, what Cecil was saying, it's making people aware of being able to observe from the bigger picture, but observing from a higher perspective, 
as opposed to just the intellectual perspective, just the, the, the financial perspective, you know, but seeing the bigger picture, therefore understanding, it's really like going back to basics in lots of ways. And as we go back to basics, then the governments that have been running things, um, they're, they're on shaky ground because they're living in the old rules, in the old systems, in the old attitudes, or they're living in their head and not, they're not living through their feelings. And I think that we have to, we have to live through our feelings. We have to uh, lead through our feelings, you know, and, and I'm talking, you know, about governments and stuff like that. You've got to bring feeling in, into this. And, and, you know, I remember when uh, last year, you, you may be familiar with, they had a big mosque shooting in Christchurch, you know, where, where a lot of people were, were, were murdered. And our prime minister, she automatically just went straight away, just down there. You know, and she was hands-on. She was embracing everybody and loving everyone. She approached it completely with, from feeling. And within two weeks, she changed the gun laws. Wow. The prime minister is awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's just awesome. <laughs> and and um, so, it, it, you know, there was no debate. It was just, this is what's going to happen. And, 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 and so that's the sort of type of person that needs to be leading countries. But then what we have to be to lead ourselves. Mm, mm, you know, mm. and of course, by being that, we're adding to what the country is. Mm. Like one of the things you were saying is, um, you know, showing up in the moment, knowing that, like Cecil was saying, showing up in the moment, knowing that you have um, everything that you need in the moment. That's one of the most important things I learned as a young healer, psychic, whatever, is that, you know, when I was in my 30s and I was doing all manner of healing courses and psychic development courses and trying to learn what I already knew, which I found was really interesting, uh, I, you know, you think you have to, like the normal education system is that you, you learn something and then you have to remember it. And so we get so caught up with remembering it. Do I get it right? Will I get it right? Is this right? And when I realized that I can just show up and I have everything I need in that moment to help me help somebody else, that was the most freeing thing that could ever happen to me. I did not have to remember anything that I could just tap into the the brilliance of the universe and everything that would be needed in that moment would be there. And we took it one step further with Penny Kelly in the last show. She was talking about abundance. When you know that you have everything you need in the moment that you need it, you, you understand you don't have to work hard and save money and put it away for a rainy day. And this whole concept that we're entrenched in in the third dimension is, um, you know, accumulate, save, accumulate, store, I might need it for later, you know, save for your future. It kind of all goes out the window, right? When you, when you come into this new energy of I can create what I need in the moment that I need it instantly. It just. I think in the past, it's, it's that whole concept of I need to be secure. Secure. So therefore, by, you know, having that amount in the bank and having that, that interest and having that whatever, you know, that makes me secure. And I'm not saying, you know, one can't do that, but I think it's also about you find your first security within the way you think, the way you feel, the way you live, right. that, that you're living your day. How, how am I secure for this day? And, and, and because that's what we're living. And, and if you create a precedence in regards to, to living in such a way, then, you know, well, I suppose this is where the law of attraction comes in because you, you, you create that energy around you. 
And then it makes sense that you're just going to pull more and more of that towards you. However, saying that, you know, it's not just stringing open all the doors and making it a random act. I think it's important to know that we need structure and, and that, that, you know, I think it was John Kehoe who said, you know, um, enlightenment is all very well, but it's useful to know how to make a good omelet. And, and so, so, you know, we have to have these basic needs and, and, and pay attention to, to, to these things, you know, because I, I mean, a lot of people, I, I'm now, I, I have friends who are like this, you're spiritual people who it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't have to really think for myself now because the universe will do it for me. I don't have to, you know, organize things or structure things, etc. And then they can never figure out why their lives are all in big, one big mayhem. And, and, and then, of course, I'm always their go-to person when they have problems. And so, so it, it, it's like, as I said, well, no, yeah, it's good to be God, but, but you know, you, you still have to structure things and organize things and be sensible and practical and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and you know, but the universe will provide. And I say, yeah, but you're the universe. <laughs> you have to top up your phone, you know? <laughs> so, you have to yeah this is very true organization of energy yeah we have to be organized absolutely organized yeah. i think i'll talk about the u.s state of, of affairs first it's very easy from a human perspective to become very judgmental of someone's personality mm. and therefore only focus on on the negatives and only focus on what went what's going wrong and all that sort of thing and mm obviously not condoning, you know, people's stupidity, <laughs> but, but, you know, when we step back and we look at the bigger picture, one's got to remember that, okay, collectively, um, you know, we've created someone who represents our country and, and, and therefore, you know, I, I find it interesting in regards to your president because he, he's not a politician, he's a businessman. So he's basically running America like it's his business. You're all employees, you know, of, of, of him. And, and I think what he's been set there to do is to reorganize things. And, and basically, because his, his whole way is just bulldoze in there. And, and I think he's bulldozed a lot of stuff that wasn't necessary anymore. And, and a lot of the old draconian vibrations and energies. And along the road, yeah, upset a lot of people and, and you know, made a few sure. down as well. But I think it's important because it's, it's very much about the reorganizing, you know, of, 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 of the country. And, and the reorganizing of people's attitudes and ideas and, and, and you know, their own systems and how they are within themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it, it's very much about, um, he's not afraid of conflict. No. So he's able to actually confront, you know, the issues that are important. And, and, and you know, when, when I'm walking away, I'm getting coming in here and there saying, um, the person, and they haven't stepped forward yet, Mm -hmm. yeah. The person who's going to pull it all together in the future is actually going to be a woman. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but um, but because uh, Yannette's from Canada, so she's got a she's got an awesome yeah. president, prime minister. Yeah. I don't know, Justin Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. He's just like yeah. oh, like oh, he's just. Let's he... get on to him and, and say what I was saying before. When you get this you know, new breed of, of, of leaders, you know, like, like Canada, for instance. He's this new generation, you know, he, he, he's tech savvy, he knows this, that, and he's partied, he's lived, you know, he's not living by the old systems and rules and all those sorts of things. 
and and yet interesting isn't it how even so there's still people who are trying to squash his voice yeah and but that's the old you know the old methods you know it, it, it it's like oh no we've got to somehow create situations where he's discredited or not yeah. heard or whatever are they doing that with your prime minister as well what's her name jacinda uh, ardern how do you say it jacinta jacinta ardern yeah ardern is she getting a lot of pushback because she's so you know like uh, loving and empathetic and not 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 really i think she's uh she's 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 accepted widely uh, I mean, New Zealand's in an interesting position because of we're not so connected to everybody else. We're so yeah. isolated. Mm -hmm. So from our point of energy, we're not really impacted by what's going on in, in other places. Yeah. I mean, totally. she's able to simply get on and, and do a and job. Do it. Yeah. And, but um, yeah, it's getting back to Justin Trudeau because I think that, you know, given half the chance, you know, he'd be able to make amazing changes within the economy, within um, education systems, you know, uh, just seeing that bigger picture, feeling that bigger picture. I think he's brought feeling into, you know, the governments. And, and, I, and I think, you know, it's getting back to what I was saying before about Donald Trump. Um, I think he's brought a feeling in, but he's brought a feeling that's different. Whereas Justin Trudeau's is more personal. It's like he's bringing more personal edge in. And I think from, from Donald Trump's perspective, um, it's personal, but more in a sense of making America personal, as opposed to, you know, looking at, as I said before, looking after everybody else. So just cutting in, in, in cutting, cutting it all down mm. with the, with the children answering that question. I just find it absolutely fascinating. Um, I, I, I've just become a, uh, a godfather for the fifth time. <laughs> so all my mates asked me to be their godparents. And um, so I've got this little boy called Boston, who's, who's like four months old. Anyway, so, and he's cutest little button. Anyway, so his dad consistently sends me videos that he's taking. There's a doting father, you see. And, and one day he sent me, he says, bro, you got to look at this. Anyway, so here's Boston. And, and he's just sort of doing his baby thing, like this, you see. And, and uh, Brian had sent this to send to his partner. And, and Brian's going, oh, say hi to mommy, say hi to mommy. So, and there's this little boy, just four months old. And then he suddenly goes, hi, just like that, <laughs> at four months old. And I just, I had to replay it about 20 times. <laughs> I said, did that actually happen? And it did. It wasn't a baby noise or a wind or whatever, you know, as people could say. It was because you could see him struggling to do it. And then out came this high, just like that. And wow. I thought, oh, wow. And, and yeah. as I watched the development of him, it's not just the physiology of it, it is the essence. It's this, mm. what I'm noticing with children, they have this bearing about them where they brought so much more of who they are as God, basically. Yes. And, yes. And when you bring that in, then obviously, you know, you'll, you'll note that as a principle, um, the way that you have to educate children is having to become different. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, they're, they're, they're just, 
Um, I know they're just more intelligent. They, they, they communicate faster. They develop faster. Mm. They're forcing, I suppose, asking us to be more God too, like more um, coming from the higher perspective and not our ego's perspective. So, you know, in order to deal with them, you have to come from this place of um, just unconditional love and tolerance and acceptance and just love. You can't do the sort of like, ah, you drive me crazy, you bloody kids. Okay, like (laughs) speaking about... (laughs) Speaking about um, children and, you know, listening to your story and your awakening story, I haven't spoken to like hundreds of people over the years and their awakening stories. What I'm seeing is that it was the um, the diversity, the uh, contrast, the problems that sort of pushed our generation into the spiritual realm. And I think that for the younger generation that's changing, like Vladi will tell you, that it, you come here, you just have a sense of knowing who you are and then you want to be that rather than having to go through a cancer diagnosis or a hundred percent, you know, like with me, my dad was beating me up and mum was dying of cancer. Like I had the gamut of contrast that was like hitting mm-hmm. me over the head saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. But the kids are not having that. And Sherry will be attested to this, but they're having these problems coping with this like download of psychic ability. She's got a couple of kids that are sort of freaking out because they're just tapped into something that, that they've not been taught about at school, right? So what would you say to this generation that's like waking up with this powerful awareness? Mm. It just makes me think of <clears throat> something T says, which is, and this is why I think it's important to, to teach children that every day when you wake up, you give yourself a chance of life again, mind, body, spirit. So every day of your life, you have a chance, a decision to make. Today, what am I going to think? Today, what am I going to feel? Today, what am I going to be? So I don't believe it's something that we have to work out. I just think it's something that we daily live on our terms and obviously know that if we have around us people who are supporting us, then we're just guided in, into that particular way. I, I think it's just treating it like it's a very normal thing. And, and <clears throat> it, it, you know, it, it's like when computers first came, you know, when I, when I was in high school in, in the late 70s, you know, computers were just coming in. But of course, there were these giant sort of monitor monsters and stuff like that. And, and, and it was a process, you know, and people were sort of freaking out about how to use it and all that sort of stuff. But you just learn. And, and if you just treat it as a part of life, then gradually you, you find that some part of you just reaches into that. And I think with um, young people, that's what they're able to do. They seem to be able to reach into a part of them and I think what they're needing is perhaps not so much um, answers to, to themselves, but more they know who they are and they know what they feel and they know what, what, what it is. And what they actually need is they need acceptance, they need security, they need love. They just need a really good place to stand in. Hey, everything's cool. Everything's fine. I'm here for you. Give us a cuddle. You know, yeah, you can see spur. Yeah, you can do this. Oh, no big deal. You know, and, and, and so it's to treat it like it's normal and, 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 and every day. And, and you know, because, I mean, so many parents and stuff like that, it's like, what's wrong with you? You know, and, you know, stop talking to that, whatever. Stop talking to the wall or, or whatever, you know. And all parents who just don't get it and understand it. And, and so I think it, it is that it's the essence of 
security on that emotional level that is actually necessary. Because I think a lot of these kids know how to work it out for themselves if they find that they're, they're coming at it from a very supportive place. And, and for those who don't have that supportive place, then, okay, I've got to say that from a point of their karma, that's part of their journey to create and to find that supportive place. You know, and, and so no one is in a wrong or right position. And, and, you know, wherever we stand, that's the place that we want to be in because that's the place that offers us our opportunity to know ourselves. And I mean, I think talking to kids on that level as well, you know, whatever you pay attention to becomes your life. You know, you've got a chance of life today. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to think? What are you going to feel? How do you want it to be? You know, not, you know, here's the answer to life. Memorize it like you were saying before, Carol, and, and, and get on with it. It's that, like you don't have to memorize anything. You know, what you do is that, you know, I'm, 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 uh, it's Monday. I woke up this morning. You know, these are my feelings. These are my thoughts. These are my energies. How can I organize it? You know, who's around me? Who, who's, who's there to help me, assist me? You know, and I think it's always there. And, and I, I, I know that, that it's like these systems that have to be created um, to help these children. But I think these children create their own systems, you know, within themselves and, and find support systems within each, each other. And, you know, one of the interesting things I'm, I'm finding in, um, in this is, you know, so we're talking about children with spirituality and stuff like that. But if you look at the acceptance now amongst schools and children in regards to sexuality, for instance, Whereas like in my day, you know, when you were at school in the 70s, if, you know, it was, if, if, if there was a, a student who was obviously gay or whatever like that, you know, well, they, they would have a hard time, you know. And, and whereas now, you know, it, it's no big deal. And, and so, so it's like this evolution that seems to be occurring. And I think that will happen spiritually as well. Right. Have we got any other questions? Shall we bring in Tabash? Tabash. <laughs> the thing about bringing in Tabash is that Blair disappears. He doesn't. He, he can't hear the conversation, which is kind of sad, I think, because <laughs> you go elsewhere and you don't hear what we're saying. So it's like having, like I said, it's like having two for the price of one. You know, we get two teachers. <laughs> but um, I kind of think it's kind of sad that you you don't hang around when Tabash is Tabash is here. Yeah, well, that's that's a choice. I know our channels do work differently. Some do hang around and are completely conscious of what's said and experienced. But in my case, I just move into spirit. I know he boots you out. He boots you out of the body. Get out! It gets me. <laughs> yeah. so, um, okay, so I'll bring him through. Um, All right. Is everyone is everyone cool with that? Yeah. So it won't take long. It takes about oh, probably twenty <laughs> seconds or so. So. Um, Later. <laughs> Later. Bye, Blair. Bye. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. I just have some water. <laughs> Hello, Tabash. So <sighs> nice to feel you again. <laughs> nice to feel me again. Be careful how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if we're seeing you because we're still seeing Blair's form. So I was going to say, see you again. <laughs> well, you people have a saying, which is, uh, what's in a name? I will say, what's in a body? <laughs> well, 
can I ask you a question about 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 Blair's wife? Uh, only because I've forgotten her name. Kay. Kay, thank you, thank you. Um, because she's so a lot of my generation have older parents that are in a similar similar position. Why is the soul choosing to go through? you know, being in a body that doesn't function anymore and a mind that doesn't function anymore. Why does a soul choose that? Yeah. Well, again, it, it's a very individual thing. Yeah. And, and so you've got to look at any form of disharmony, distress, disease that anyone goes through. It's all relative to that individual and their lessons. And okay, from, you know, from Kay's perspective, you know, very fastidious woman, very perfectionist woman, um, very reserved woman, I uh, wouldn't let anyone do anything for her. You know, so this is my way. I have to do it this way. Very, very much like that. So, of course, here she is now where everyone has to do everything for her. So, so she's having to learn how to let people in emotionally, physically, mentally, everything. So she's just sort of functioning, basically. And, and, and it's interesting because Blair was sharing something with someone the other day. Because, of course, she, she's in a wheelchair and she has to be lifted with a, in a hoist. So, so here's a woman who is so full of dignity and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and Blair walked in and here she is sort of hanging there like, like some animal on the hoist while the nurses were attending to her. And Blair just, he actually almost burst out laughing because, you know, the look on Kay's face was that, you know, have I really got to this place? You know, like it, was, it was just completely to him. He just had to turn away and walk out and laugh, you know. And, and, and she was almost like, I'm resigned to the fact that this is my fate, so to speak. And, and yet, you know, it's, it's like um, for her to function on another level, she had to learn how to be dysfunctional on other levels. So, so interesting, you create disability to create ability on other levels. And, and, and yet her strength is there, her power is there. I mean, she's only 40 kgs, for goodness sake, she's hardly alive. And yet you can feel the power of her energy and her strength and the determination is just there. And, and, and so, you know, he's looked at her and, and, and said, you know, why don't you let go? Why don't you let go? Let go. And she sort of looked at him and just sort of went, <laughs> and just turned the other way. And, and, and so, you know, even, you know, when it's not things like dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that, you know, anybody's dis-ease or disharmony, whether you're young or old, is still an opportunity for that soul to experience something so that they can evolve. And, oh. and it's hard for people to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. As you're speaking, I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about how we're, we're not the mind, we're not the ego, we're not the body, and we are source power. So I suspect that what I'm hearing is that if you take away all those attributes of mind and body um, and you're 40 Ks and you're hanging in a hoist, then you really get that you're not any of that. Uh, but, but as you say, you've, there's this huge energy still there. So you are this source power. Yeah, it's that thing that, you know, we've been talking through, through the, the, the situation, uh, the session where you are everywhere and, 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 you know, you know, Blair can visit her like yesterday and she was quite lucid. Big smile when she saw him, you know, and, and even though she has no conversation, but she would look at him and smile and maybe touch his face and stuff like this. And yet the day before she, he looked at her, she looked at him like, you know, who, who are you? You know, and she was like going like this when he went up to give her a hug. So, so, and it's just, 
frequency. Sometimes she's not even there. It's just, you could just tell when you look in her eyes, it's like her soul's gone somewhere else. But then I know people without Alzheimer's who do this. <laughs> and so, you know, people come and go all the time, you know, you know, it, 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 it's, it's choices that people make. People are zoning in and out all the time. You know, and it's interesting, you know, saying that because I think that from a collective perspective of humanity on earth at this particular point, you know, it is very much about what you need to zone into as a collective energy so that therefore you can actually allow the influence of that vibration to assist and guide you. And therefore, you know, what I advise to people is be very, very conscious of what subliminally you're allowing yourself to be um, bombarded with. And I've talked to lots and lots of people who decide I'm not watching the news anymore. I'm not reading newspapers anymore. <clears throat> I'm not permitting myself to be affected by all that subliminal um, negative vibration and energy. You know, and I'm, I'm basically creating silence for myself and peace for myself and harmony for myself. I'm making a decision. I'm making a choice. I'm turning my TV off. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going into what's natural now. You know, rather than watch the news, I just think I'll go and sit by the beach for a while. Or I might walk up the park or, 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 or have a meditation. And, and so, so make those sorts of choices, basically. You have a choice in what you're permitting yourself to be bombarded with. You know, again. Like whatever you went through, just thank that aspect of you for choosing that experience in life. And uh, yeah. Hello, Blair. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> How was, how was your Tabash hour? Sorry, I'm looking for you. <laughs> it was fantastic. Tabash is great. He's just a hoot, absolute hoot, just wonderful. And I just want to say to you all that Blair offers, you know, personal sessions that you can do like this on the internet. If you want to have a session and find out more about who you are and your past lives. And yep, so just go to my website, tabash.com. <clears throat> gives you all the information that's there. So um, at currently, I think bookings are mid-April. So. Yeah, okay, you're a busy guy. And you're, uh, you've got a new website, which is looking spiffing. It's looking wonderful. Uh... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's just um, amazing to just connect up with like-minded people. It just makes me aware of the big cosmic family we're all aligned to. I know, isn't it great? How many countries we've got? One, two, three, four, at least five countries online at the moment. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye for now. Big love to you all. Thank, Thank you. you. See you Thank soon. You